Peter, you're ready. You're roaring. Just keep swimming, baby. Let's go. All right. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number 17 of the You Should Fact Check This podcast. And today is a special day. We have our very first guest. It's, wow. This is the. F- this is our first. You're our first guest. Wow. That's still in chant. And an he honor. should pull the mic in just a little just bit a tighter. Bit, a little tighter. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's great. Um, but yeah. How's my mic in- sound? My mic sound good. Peter, your your mic always sounds right. okay. I'm still here. Quite frankly, <laughs> it sounds okay. Um, but Dylan is one of my longest, longest, t- longest timed buddies. That's one of the worst sentences I've ever said. But um, me and Dylan have been friends for a long it's time. A common New Mexico phrase. Yeah, longest, longest time buddies. buddies. <laughs> um, yeah. but he's been out in California doing film stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Working on documentaries trying to make his way in the business out in LA. Um, and you know, we might have some questions about that and we might get some answers about that. I know that Peter is rip roaring, ready to go as usual. Focused. He's, uh, chewing on our so-called sponsor Chipotle. Chipotle. And then and, uh, I am recovering from my other sponsor, Sky Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Peter had a fun night last night, huh? Dude, was it a good like, wedding? It was a great wedding. Yeah. I was, yeah, from like three o'clock to my last drink was like at 11, no, 11.30. I counted, I had 11 shots, which is a lot That's for me. crazy for that's Peter. Hot. That that's is crazy more, for Peter. that's more shots than I've had in the last year combined, probably. How is it spread out? Um, well, the worst, we went, I can hear him chewing. um we went uh like three o'clock shot of tequila and then probably like between five and seven i had like seven shots okay and then the worst story ever so whatever like it wasn't like all you know just like a it wasn't like a shot Short an hour. And it, yeah, it was spread it out. Like, yeah, I was I was maintaining a good level throughout. Did the you world. have other drinks outside of that, or just shots? No, just well, I mean, I say shots, but it was like whiskey on the rocks or something. Like oh, that. okay, so just a very different thing, huh? When you mix, you're more you're sipping, right? You're not shooting. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's having <laughs> sips of hard liquor. <laughs> sips of hard liquor. Um. But it was but a good it's still wedding, considered huh? shots. I guess. I don't know. I don't drink a lot. You never drank. Yeah, you're right. That's actually true. <laughs> have you have you um like have you had a shot of I don't know, just like you've probably tasted something at this point. No. You, I haven't. You haven't tasted anything? No. The only time I tasted something was when I was eight and my dad handed me a beer and I tasted it and I spit it out. And he said, it's gross, huh? And I said, yeah. And he said, never drink it. Well, that would... Stuck with me to this day. Well, that's a good thing. Drinking is, you know... It's the devil's liquor. <laughs> which, you know, it's liquor, so... Yeah. Well, we used to, like, in high school, we never... The two of us, basically, on the on the soccer team, we never well, I was really... A, I was a loser. <laughs> so, Dude, senior year... Well, all I did was, I mean, I think I was m- relatively liked within our school. 
but well, senior year is different. We were, I mean, we won state. Like we had, I feel like we had more of a, I don't know. Like our school was tiny. Like we right. So I knew everybody. I didn't yeah. have any like. There was no reason for me. Like I didn't care. I wear those. I wore those stupid blue. Do you remember those blue sweats that I used to wear all the time? Yeah. And then sometimes I would wear the blue sweatshirt. Yeah. And I would look like a giant blue dildo. And then, <laughs> and then I would I would pull them up above my knees, the sweats. Yes. And then I would walk around with the, re- with the red um, Nikes. Nike, yeah. Nike yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I didn't. I had been with those people for so long. I did not care. Yeah, but I'm saying that like people didn't really like you weren't a freaking loser. No, compared no, no. to like we had, you know. We didn't really have that many. Like we all knew everybody. Yeah, like in by senior year, we had we had that one party after state, and we like it was which at, I left immediately. Uh, yeah, and I came back and got the trophy. But yeah, I don't. It was just interesting. We never. It was like I feel like it was just the two of us. We because I was. Well, we talked about it today a little bit. Like all we wanted to do was go take pictures, go off roading, yeah. go like we wanted to go do things, not party necessarily. Well, and also you know. At the parties, we were, you know, too much of the life of the party that, you know, we yeah we were too we were it. too much fun at the parties. Yeah, um, I, I already know it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Peter, you were a big, you were a big partier in high school, huh? Towards the end, and then or is everybody in Montana like? Is it no. just because it's Montana and it's always cold? You're literally from Albuquerque, where it's Albuquerque <laughs> and it's always hot. Um, yeah, towards the end, you were a, a big partier. Yeah. After you got hurt. Yeah. 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 What? Uh, what exactly? You tore your labrum. Le- left or right? That one was my left. And so, when you tore that, did you? Because <clears throat> you were already committed, right? No, I wasn't committed anywhere. Uh, or were you talking? You were talking with. I had. I was a bat. Like I had pretty decent prospects in Mesa and Seattle U and they but both then, dropped you after you got hurt right yeah and then I went to Carroll because I had nowhere else to go right so I had to go to Carroll yeah and then you made your way to the fort that is what happened well you know all of that's to say that I don't think any of us are real big partiers yeah. Peter went through a little bit of a phase I Freshman year of college. Did you go through? I, Dude, I, I saw a picture of you on Instagram. <laughs> Dylan looked like he had been lost in <coughs> a, a weird type of partying. Like you had long hair. You had the, a real loose shirt on. Wait, which picture? Oh, I, I don't know, but you had a loose shirt on. And I, I, I don't think you were. You weren't clean shaven. Why <laughs> you yourself partying. go? No, I, I think you may have had some feathers in your hair. No, it, are you are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some like I don't know if you guys had this, but we had this thing called an undie run at Chapman, mm. and it's it's it is what it sounds like, and you, you went to you Chapman, out, huh? You went to Chapman, yeah, in California, yeah. I had a friend that went to Chapman. You know Mari Lundine? What's his name? Her Did name our- Mar Mari Lundine. No. Was he, 
What was his major? It was a girl. Oh. Mari. Peter Peter didn't Yeah. I mean Mari. I mean Dylan didn't talk with any of those. <laughs> Isn't it a small school? Okay. Yeah, but uh, he stuck mainly to the guys. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <Just kidding>. uh-huh. <laughs> it's fine. No judgment, man. It's totally cool. Oh, come on, come on. That's not a bad thing. Whatever whatever well, you need to do. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> yeah. Um did you know Mari? No. Peter didn't know. I mean, Jesus Christ. Dylan didn't no, know. No, I didn't know her. I'm going to get you guys confused. <laughs> Who knew Mari? Who knew Mari out of us? I'm going to get you guys confused constantly. Anyway, undie run. Yeah, so, yeah, but it, it's basically like, you know, a night where you, everyone goes out and you run around. This We had this thing called the circle. It was like this roundabout in the old town of Orange, which is where Chapman was. And everyone was just, you know, running their underwear around, do one loop. And then police would kind of barricade off the street. They'd be like, all right, you're done for the night. No one was, like, arrested or, like, you know, no one was actually, like, they didn't have to interfere or anything. But, yeah, anyway, that night, freshman year, I had, like, I mean, obviously, like, I was, I didn't drink in high school, so it was, like, (laughs) anything I drank, my tolerance was so low. And I just had a night where it was Basically, after our finals for first semester, so it was like, you know, we're going off to Christmas, going home for Christmas break. And all I remember is running around in my underwear, and I had these lights wrapped around me. Like, it was like a little one of the little battery-powered <laughs> pack and, like, all these, like, you know, Christmas lights. And I had it all over my body. And then, I, and then somebody at the party, they put a wig on me, a black wig with like that's where i got the that's where i got the uh, feathers from that's i know i knew what you were thinking of so yeah and then somebody took a picture of me so i'm in my underwear with lights and a wig and a and a look of pure regret he looked he looked like what you would describe as a free spirit <laughs> man not a huge was, fan of free spirits yeah peter doesn't like free spirits very much uh-huh. i don't think dylan's a free spirit i think he may have had a free spirit evening yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was it was fun and we came back and but that picture is that picture is out there. So. It's out there for the world to see. So if you want to see it, go look up Dylan Chant on Instagram and you can find it. <laughs> yeah. There's your shout out Peter. I mean, Dylan. Oh my god, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> oh man. Maybe I am drunk for the first time. <laughs> um so Dylan, I I have I want to know like you've been living out in California now for I mean, 5 I've years. Lived, yeah, it's my 5th year. It's your 5th year out there. Mm-hmm. And you've lived through the whole pandemic in California. Oh, that sounds so terrible. Sorry, right. carry, on. carry on. Um So I'm I'm interested to see cuz Peter lived in Durango and in Montana during the pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, I lived obviously here and in Colorado, um, during the pandemic. What, I mean, Peter's the only one out of all of us who lived in a a red state during the pandemic, right? Is Montana, Montana's a red state, right? Yeah. Um, how restrictive was it during the pandemic? Um, so I was in Orange County, um, which is different than LA County, Uh uh, for the, lockdown and so i mean 
I don't know how different it was there, but um, basically, you know, it was pretty restricted from the get go, and it kind of continued like that. Um, well, did it feel like? Did people in California feel like it was being overly restricted, or was everybody on board? I mean, because I feel like no, 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 not every like, especially in Orange County, you've got like Huntington Beach, you've got, you've got. Um, Laguna Beach, you know, a lot, you know, a lot wealthier areas that, especially Huntington Beach, there are protests for masks constantly. That was like the notorious like really area where it's like, especially during the height of the lockdown, everyone's like, oh, there's going to be people down in Huntington Beach, you know, like protesting masks. And um, so I think like Orange County, which is where, you know, Orange is, that's where Chapman was. I think that was a little more in terms of the the restrictions people were against it more than if you go up to LA. Right. LA is a little more like even now walking It's got around, more of that big city masks. mentality. Like people just like have ma- like I was saying they just are walking down the street with masks still. Right. Um and yeah, it's just interesting people but if you go down to Orange County, I went down there for a film screening just recently and no one was wearing a mask. So it's just interesting to see even that. Like, right. Because California is huge. You know, you're going to have a huge diversity. Yeah. Of like, thought. there are a lot of different. Yeah. I, I mean, it, in the grand scheme of like when everybody outside of California looks at California, it feels very blue. Like, very, you know, especially like during the pandemic times. Obviously, there were tons of people who left California because they yeah. didn't like the restrictions. Mm hmm. So obviously there weren't people who were on board with it. Right. But it felt like it was very like overly protective, overly shut down. Obviously some of that is just to do with the government involved. Mm-hmm. But it was I mean, how did how did it go with film and everything during that time? I mean, when it first, you know, I was in classes or, you know, I was a junior, I guess, when um, the lockdown actually started. And, you know, I think I basically was able to, like, do some filming inside. You know, I wasn't – I couldn't – no one could be on set. Um, Chapman really locked things down because, you know, no one knew yeah. what was going on. And so – the only thing I really got to do is senior year, um, even when we had that second wave, uh, we were able to travel. We came back here and we filmed and then we filmed in San Diego and we filmed in L.A. And that was less restrictive. But I say like in the height of the lockdown, I mean, n- no one could even get on a set or anything, which makes sense. Like people did not know what was going on. So the school is going to take that the advice, right. I guess, of well, I mean, that was what the, other people are doing. That was uh, me and Peter's school. We They took similar steps. Uh, Fort Lewis was very restrictive yeah. from the beginning. Like, that's that was the college yeah. college thing was super restrictive. Yeah. Um, and it was obviously, like, over the top um, in some situations. Yeah. But I think that... You know, me, me and you have had some disagreements 
in this front. Well, yeah, especially well, you and I, can... Devin. <sighs> Thank you, Peter. You know, he says two words, and it's just a shot straight to my heart. <laughs> I mean, do you guys do you guys think like right now for me? I'm not. We just had this conversation a little just before we came here. Yeah. About masks and the effect effectiveness of you know using a mask thinking that oh you know if i walk into a crowded room like it'll protect me yeah and i think my point of view is that you know i think with my um my dad having lung condition he we were already you know like thinking about our dad, you know, just like, okay, we definitely want to be safe around him. And I think living in California too, even though I just talked about Orange County being a little less, like there are areas that in general, I'd say, (coughs) yeah, like in California on the news, you're going to get a lot more like, this is horrible. Like, you know, right. Masks are the the thing, the saviors. And so like at the time, yeah, I was really like, I believed in, you should wear a mask. Like, it's not hard. Like, that's not hard to do. Like, you just well, wear yeah. a mask inside. We're in the height of a pandemic. Like, I don't see how that's. And I didn't hard agree. To do, I know? didn't disagree with that either. Like, during yeah. at the beginning, I was like, put a mask on. Like, what's the what's gonna hurt? Like, right. Like, what what's gonna happen? What's what's gonna be the downside of just putting a mask on? Right. Right. Um, especially when it was two weeks to kill the curve. You know. Mm. Um. And then it just continued progressing and, you know, all of that COVID malarkey that we're still like, it's awkwardly still in, you know? Yeah. I mean, there, there are going to be cases. Right. And the, the, the weirdest lives. thing is day to day, none of us even think about it anymore. I know. I and, almost think, I don't know about you guys, but do you think, I don't know if it makes sense, but I, when the the lockdown came in and like everyone was freaking out about COVID. I feel like there's this natural tendency for people to kind of like almost want this, like that something to happen. You know, they're like, obviously they don't want anything bad to happen to them. No but dude, the, but people, I feel like society almost is like, Oh my God, we're jumping on. Oh my God, this is horrible. Like let's, let's lock everything down. Let's, let's change everything. You know? And I think it's important to, you know, like I really wanted to be safe. And like, I think I thought that was so important, but I also think at the same time, people really, I don't know when, when things are, I guess, a little comfortable, um, and something comes up that's different. It's like, we tend to, especially now it's like, it becomes this, oh, this is the end all like, or this is well, like such a massive thing. I mean, like, I remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, like even before it sh- hit America, I talked with Peter and Charlie and Katie. We were all outside the gym at Fort Lewis in the parking lot. And I was like, dude, this is going to be really bad. Like this is going to be seriously bad because we had just looked at what the numbers were, how fast it was like transmitting. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of my classes is pretty much a statistics class. And I was like, this is going to be like super bad. And um, <clears throat> from there, like things started to progress. 
the media started talking about it more. Everybody started understanding what it meant. And then we were all like getting ready to leave for su summer break or something like that. Cause they it canceled break. classes, right? Um, spring break, spring break. And then they canceled classes after that. Um, but everybody, I remember we were all at Valentine at our house and we we're outside talking and we were talking like it was the end of the fucking world, dude, like legitimately like the end of the fucking world. We were talking about like, like plants, like what we were going to do if this shit turned into like a zombie apocalypse, like everybody was not going to get access to food, all of the, everything was going to fucking shut down and we were going to have to fend for ourselves. We were talking with our friends, like what the fuck, like what we would do, like it was legitimately going to be the end of the world. And I think. Because well, that's how it was framed. Right. It was for sure. There was a lot of framing around that. There was so much fear mongering involved like you, in like the whole thing. Like if you look at like hindsight, like they're not going to. So if their main goal was to get the curve. Whatever. Reduce. Yeah. Reduce the curve. Whatever. Uh, that was the main goal. Like you're not going to tell. What? 300 million people that we're going to go into a lockdown. Just saying like, okay, hey guys, just trust us. Like we're going to head into a lockdown right now. Um, da, 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 da. So you have to instill fear so that you can then control the narrative. So then, then you can basically coerce. I don't know. That's just. Well, yeah. there's so much like in any like mass just hysteria like event. You, there's yeah. no way to know that but as you, that's, that's going on. For sure. But in any mass hysteria event, there's so much like um, there's so many different ideas of what could be happening behind the scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's there's not that many people actually calling the shots. And you're like, I mean, how hard would it get? How hard would it be to get all of these people on the same on board with the same narrative to control? You know what I mean? I don't think that that's too far fetched to think about because there is such a few amount of people that are actually in charge of like the restrictions, what's happening. You got, you know, a, just a small group of people making all these decisions for millions of people. And now we're talking about hindsight, looking back at it, there's a lot of steps that we could have taken that would have saved a lot of lives. Yeah. And granted, no one knows for sure what would what was happening no one knew what was going on no one knew exactly what the right thing to do was but there were some things that just seemed obvious right like first off me and peter have talked about it before coming on as the president of the united states and being like hey get fit right now like go get fit like no matter what being fat is gonna put you at a disadvantage Right. There was no there was no talk about that. There was no talk about eating healthy. There was no talk about like taking vitamins from the mainstream media, from our government. That was not part of their narrative. Right. You had to go to like alternative podcasts like Joe Rogan, like different podcasts to find those narratives. Like take it under your own control. Everyone else's narrative was like, come to us. We'll tell you what to do. It's on us. Let us tell you what you need to do and just, you know, be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's when you get into that conspiratorial mind. It's like, well, they just want to control us. They just want to tell us what to do. Whereas if they're like putting some of it on you being like, go get fit. Then it's, it's harder to talk about those conspiracies because they're not trying to control everything. 
You know which what is I mean? why there's so many like big picture stuff. Like that's why we have such trouble with like big laws like abortion, gun rights, all that stuff is because there are certain people out there that are you're the government, you need to fix it for us kind of deal. Yeah. Rather than um just kind of like not fixing it. Because those those two are a little different. But yeah. you know what I mean? That you're obviously just like relying on the government to make the rules and make the decisions yeah. for your everyday life. Yeah, there's a lot of like sheep, you know, people call them sheep. Yeah. Like following the leader mentality mm-hmm. rather than like going out of your way to learn about what you need to do to keep yourself safe. Yeah. Um, and then like continuing on that, like just pushing the narrative that, and we, I still see it today, dude. Every time I go to a gas station in New Mexico, there's a stupid fucking ad that pops up that's like talking about the vaccine. And they're like, the second booster is ready. It's safe, effective. And, and why would you have to say that it's safe and effective every two sentences if it's safe and effective? So I actually have something on that. This is just probably very circumstantial. Yeah. But in the last like week or so, I have met, um, not met, but I know three women who are fully vaccinated. And I think all three of them have the booster as well. And they've been experiencing like insane vertigo and insane like insomnia with the vertigo which is i mean obviously good to see you circumstantial in terms of like who really knows with that stuff but it's super interesting three different people none of them know each other to my knowledge um and then like each of their symptoms started like six seven months ago and very interesting in terms of like, okay, if we look at what happened six, seven months ago, like that usually means like, okay, it was probably happening for a month before you even saw symptoms or like realized the symptoms. So like, okay, that's about the time when the booster came out-ish, kind of, I don't know. Um, obviously, this is super conspiracy and like coincidental and circumstantial, yeah, I mean, but I think that there's going to be a lot of going off that safe and effective thing, I think. I think there's going to be a lot more stories like that. Like there's going to, because we've only had the vaccine for two years. Yeah. Year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. And I mean, going off your point, vaccines usually take years. 10, 10 years, six to 10 years to like really. Yeah. yeah, I, you're right. 10 years usually to really like test it. Well, this is, this is a place that me and you disagreed pretty early on like when the vaccines were coming out like have have your views changed are you still in the like well i think i mean my view still is that look like this a pandemic you know we all entered a pandemic yeah we've you know obviously never been through something like this um and i think it is we were able to get a vaccine really quick. Um, and in my opinion, I think if you look at what it's done, it is effective. 
the vaccine has been effective. And I still think people should get vaccinated if I, I obviously don't think people should be forced to get vaccinated, but I think how in you know, in what context do you think that it was effective? I think that I mean just like looking at um because I haven't done any of the research for sure. What? Well, I mean, I Peter is probably a better person to talk to on this. He's probably done yeah, a little maybe, bit more you research. Know, this is just my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe I I should do more research on like the numbers, but I just think um you know, although the vaccine took such a short time to develop and I think there are going to be there already are like, you know, these three women like th- that might be some side effect from the vaccine because everybody's different you know there it's going to yeah. react to this vaccine differently um and i know that other stories where people with the first vaccine they had like you know that whole thing with um i think it was like blood clots yeah the, um, the j and j vaccine the one that me yeah. and peter Dude, have <laughs> they pulled that off the market two days after my girlfriend got it oh, man. and so i was you- like so you you guys got it the J and J and then so I purposely got the J and J because that was a vector, and um, like I trust, like I'm not anti-vax. I trust vaccines in terms of like small like all the all the vaccinations we have to get for schools uh-huh. stuff like that. I don't get a flu shot um, just because like I get worse symptoms from a flu shot than I would with the, just the actual flu. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I'm not gonna waste like a day or two. Um, so that's why I went, I like purposely got the vector vaccine because it's the same sort of vaccine of, as like a flu shot, as a vaccine that has been around for so long. Um, that was like, vector, my, I, that might be a stupid question, but vector. I don't yeah, know either. That just means that they're basically, it's like a dead. No, they just, they basically inject just like the tiniest amount of COVID into you or the, or the disease into you so that your immune system can fight it off safely because it's just a tiny bit of amount. Because um, it was an, it's an RNA. Well, that's that, that that's what he's saying. That one is right. different. The, the, yeah. okay, yeah, the yeah, other yeah. ones yeah. that they, Are the, the new ones, mRNA vaccines, yeah. which is actually like slightly changing your DNA. Or no, I don't. I mean, I don't. I have no clue. It's it's. Not I'm gonna go with it. Good. It's changing your DNA. <laughs> Fact check it. Fact check it. Are all vaccines? But I think still, even all vaccines, they have some of the virus in it that's just what a vaccine i don't believe that that's what the The mrna mRNA doesn't the mrna doesn't the vectors the vaccine vectors the vectors have the disease in them that's what the the mrna vaccine actually goes in and manipulates something in your body to be able to be better at fighting off a certain probably the mrna the structure of the virus yeah and your body maybe takes on the same you know what i love about this conversation is that we're all really, really deep into biochem. Yeah, we have no clue what biochem is. <laughs> People are going to be like, oh, man. No, okay. So I was actually having this conversation with my mom the other day. Because, um, like, I we disagree. Like, well, me and my, basically my whole family disagree on yeah. everything COVID. Um, but what was, like, your main, uh, not purpose, but, like, yeah, I guess what was your main reasoning behind getting the vaccine? I mean, and like, what was the most like advertised thing while you were about to get it? I think 
Um, so I think with the vaccine, it was almost like I personally had gotten myself into, I mean, I was pretty worried about like, you know, seeing family, uh, yeah, like going back home basically. Right. Um, I remember you came home and you had just gotten the vaccine. What did I do? I got, I got the vaccine. I just remember, I know that you, you were wearing a mask around us for a long time when none of us were wearing masks at the house. Like my family kept it pretty casual. Um, right. Especially cause I don't, it's hard. That was that all of that was difficult for me. Like I was fine going into restaurants, going into shopping, but I'm at my house. Mm-hmm. If I'm having friends over, I'm like, you know, we, we've got risks. You had more risk because you wanted to protect your family. So yeah. I was super cool with you keeping a mask on. It came off quickly because it, they're not easy to communicate through for sure. Yeah. Especially if you're in an intimate setting, if you want to have an actual conversation it's yeah. not the easiest thing to communicate through. So it didn't last. I mean, you granted, you probably kept it on for a couple of days. Yeah, I I remember this. And I, yeah, I think like overall I had kind of, I think it was like a lot of people, you know, you're just, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what, what is the right thing? You know, should, should I wear a mask? to you know at the time i was like you know maybe it really does like maybe (laughs) having some type of mask or an n95 like being around people could really you know i'm not letting out as many i guess particles from my mouth and like maybe i'm not letting as much in maybe it'll remind me to stay a little further away from people it was kind of like a thing with my family too where i was like you know you know, I'm going to wear a mask. I would leave the house. I mean, it yeah, was kind of like that. And then you were heavily, wor- you were worried about it. I was, yeah. I, w- I was one of the people that was, I was like, wash hands, like very, even, you know, when I was, um, yeah, just like living in orange, I was like all the time, just <clears throat> hand sanitizer, all that, you know? And so I don't know. I think it's just a mix. It's my personality too. I think I'm, yeah. I am super cautious, you know, like I, I like really, and you know, like very cautious, very cautious. I think a lot about, you know, what, what I'm doing. Um, and you're also very conscious of what other people are thinking. Yeah. Like you're, you're, um, you just want to make sure that the people around you feel comfortable too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, and I think that was part of it. I think, Going back to that moment, though, I do remember, like, I <laughs> I think after a while I was like, oh, man, you know. We're breathing the same air. We are, and, like, there are moments where I was, like, forgetting to <laughs> do all the right steps that I learned from right. <laughs> whatever, you know, the rules were from the CDC. And so I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to be so scared with this thing. And also, in a way we weren't used to doing that. We weren't used to like having a mask and following all this. So yeah, I kind of just like, well, especially when it's difficult, I'm sure when you have a hard ass like me who just like, I didn't, I didn't want to let it control my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So I was trying to operate as normal as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. Like anywhere I didn't have to wear a mask, I wasn't. Right. And I was like kind of stretching the line there too. Like if I wasn't within any, like six feet of anybody, there's no, I did not have a mask on. It didn't matter where I was really. You know, I pulled it down. I was like, this is, this, and it's like a, the rebellious side of me that just was like, fuck this. Like, we I don't want to really be a part of this. Huh? We, were re- we were really bad at the mask thing. At, at, yeah, at we school. were super bad at it. Yeah. And like, it was ridiculous because we were playing soccer. We're playing soccer outside with, oh, like, with masks. Well, dude, we're the, we're the best population to not worry about it, right? We're all super fit athletes. Not to say that there weren't super fit people who died, mm-hmm. but there's not that many that like it really affected. Um, there were there are just a lot of so I remember when I got the vaccine, like the main selling point from the media as to why you should get the vaccine is so that you wouldn't get COVID. Right. And so this is where I have an issue with the whole thing as a whole right now is that um, they tell you, okay, if you get the vaccine, you'll not you won't get COVID. It's like, oh, back to normal. Okay, I'll get the vaccine. Sounds good. Three months later, it's, oh, you know, looks like you can still get COVID. Um, and I know, I understand that this is like continuing science because it was still kind of a um, a study. Mm-hmm. But um, so that was like, okay, whatever. Like, not a big deal anymore. Like, and then they just kept pushing the vaccination part. And they're just like, hey, you can still get it. You can still spread it. The only thing that the vaccine is going to help you do is um, keep you from dying. Keep you from dying. Right. And that's like their main point now. And so then they're all saying this. And then they also say that, like, you got to get vaccinated, protect your fellow person, protect your fellow man, like protect your neighbor, that kind of thing. That's why you should get vaccinated to protect other people. But that just contradicts what they're saying in terms of the only reason to get or the biggest reason to get vaccinated is to protect yourself from hospitalization and further um, death and stuff like that. So I think that's where I had the biggest part with vaccine and the um, just, yeah, the whole COVID situation was that right. they would continually change and contradict themselves with what they said um, and not necessarily coming out and saying like, Hey, you know, it would have been as simple as like, Hey, this is a, I we admit that we were wrong three months ago. Um, I under, we understand that like this age group is fit. Like they're healthy. It is not really affecting them. Like they are definitely not mandated to get the vaccine. Um, Cause like if you're a fit, healthy, like 20 year old, like you're not, I de- like you're probably have the same chance of dying from COVID as you do literally anything else that you could die from. Well, there was or less of a chance even. I remember, so, I remember like this comes with the largest grain of salt, but I remember <laughs> hearing, <laughs> I remember hearing a statistic that college students were more likely to die in the car ride on the way to campus than they were to die from COVID. Yeah. 
Now, I don't know how realistic that is, but it seems pretty close to realistic, especially for that age group. Right? Yeah. Like, we, we talk about how it was... Uh, everyone who didn't want the vaccine was like, go get it for yourself. I'm going to make my own decisions. And then people who were like, no, you have to get the vaccine to protect me. I'm like, we let people drive cars. We don't have restrictions on cars where you have to do... like. Some people have to blow a breathalyzer to get into a car because they fucked up so many times, but most people don't, right? We let people drive these giant death machines always. And those people that, I mean, those kill so many people. Like at what point is it like, are we protecting people or are we just pushing a narrative? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think going off of that, I I totally agree with like this. I, you know, in hindsight, again, like I think looking at how this is all kind of played out, I think there is a lot that we won't know and we will never know about the decision making. Yeah. Like, I think a lot was wrong. I don't think. Well, well here, here's a question for you. Do you think that there's a 0% chance that there was meddling involved in the COVID stuff. A 0% chance. I like, know. like I, the people at the top, there was meddling a, with like, right. there's just, there is yes. And like, no, and, I don't believe that. And it's like, as a, like, what is he a governor? Newsom. Mm -hmm. Same thing for Susana Martinez in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Those people were absolutely irrelevant until the until the pandemic happened. Like most people didn't really know who ran the state government, right? And then out of nowhere, the most important person for your business, for your daily life, for all of that was the governor. And now they get to tell everybody what to do. <coughs> and as a politician, that is like <laughs> Depending on what kind of politician you are, that is like primo, dude. That's like hell fucking yeah. It all falls on me. I get to make all the goddamn decisions. Yeah. Because there's got to be some set of narcissism when you're wanting to be a politician. I mean, look you know, at, I feel that. Oh, I feel yeah. that. I mean, look at, I mean, look how politicians get into their positions. They have very wealthy campaigns. Like, Lobbyists, you, yeah, you all have sorts to be of. In a way, basically, like, a popularity contest as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, and like in the end, it's not. It's hard, you know. There's there's a lot of incentive when you're in these positions of power, obviously, to use things to um, gain an edge to get reelected. To, you know, it's a classic politician type thing that we've always talked about. Which you know, it's like p politicians just aren't in it really to yeah. really do much besides just keep going and like have that seat. And so, um, but I, this is going off on a tangent, but I just thought of this. So I remember when we did have that talk about the masks, mm -hmm. it was at, uh, we were at, um, La Cumbre brewery. Were we? Yeah. With Christine. Yeah. yeah. I remember it being with, Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And that Devin and I basically like, you know, we we were like had conflicting points of view on, um, you know, masks, you know, because 
And basically well, at that time, you know, it was like, I think I was saying like, or no, it was also vaccinations too. And I was but saying it was mainly the masks. Yeah, I think it, because we both we both got to the agreement that like I think that if you wanted to get the vaccine, you should get it. Yeah, I think because I don't think you you were never about forcing people to get vaccines. You said no. you should get it to feel to try and help, but you're not going to force people to get it, right? Yeah, that's I've never no I I don't think people yeah. should be forced to the word to, force should just not be used yeah. in terms of. Yeah, running I mean, a free country, but we were know? also but we yeah. got we got into a, quite an, a disagreement about yeah, about masks about masks and I one statement that I remember is that I will <coughs> not wear masks for the next five years. That is something I will not do. At some point, I will take it off and I won't care. Right. And but I think both you and Christine disagreed with me on that. You guys both said I'll wear it until they tell me not to wear it. And this is this is what my tangent was going to be, right? Because so, I had a slight shift of perspective mm-hmm. working on a project, um, and it was a film about UNICEF. And I was out in LA, and I was an assistant. Can you editor. explain what UNICEF is? Yeah, UNICEF is basically the United Nations Children's Emergency Fund, and it's basically created by the United Nations. Um, it actually originally started as the um, what's the original name. Um, I, I'll I'll remember the original name, but it, it was created during you know the height of the war. I think it was World War One, where ki- children were getting um, basically like, and I might need to fact check whether it was World War One or World we War Two. We don't II, fact anyway, check on this class and on this podcast. I <laughs> I totally am gonna go with the theme here and just. <laughs> disregard that but i think long story short i worked on this doc and like i think um unicef it was basically like the story was unicef trying to ship vaccines to ghana Mm -hmm. in africa and ghana is like one of the more developed countries in africa um it's actually the first independent country there um and i think a lot of people there um, were getting COVID and they were starting to get their wave later than us. Yeah. And I think um, kind of working on that and seeing that, man, these people don't even have the chance to get a vaccine, you know? Right. Cause they don't even have a vaccine. Right. And I think that's, and these people going back to the mask, these people, they did have masks, but they also didn't have that many masks either. So how did that, how did that change your perspective on masks? Because I was just like, you know what? If people are dying in another <clears throat> country too, and we have all the resources to, you know, whatever, like, way we can prevent this, whatever. We have all the money to throw at it, and we're still dying. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, it's like we have the resources to. We have a vaccine, we have masks, we have this research here in the U.S. And yeah. other countries don't have those the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, we don't want to wear a mask. And it's like, at the time, looking at what people were saying, it's like, wear a mask. It does at least help a little bit. It didn't solve everything, but that's why I was like, how is it hard to wear a mask 
when other people in other places in the world, I was looking at it more globally. So, I was like, oh, so you were, so what you're saying is while we were having that conversation, you had recently been working on that documentary. Yeah. Okay. That's so you my had, persp- my perspective was right. I thought you were saying that you had a perspective change after we no, had I, that conversation. Cause I think we, I was, I was well, like, has, have, have your views changed since then? Yeah, they have. I mean, I even doing that, you know, working with that, I, I think now, I mean, I don't, I do wear a mask in certain places. Like I will wear a mask if I'm going to the airport. Um, I just think how long do you plan on doing that? I don't know. I mean, I think until I see, you know, looking at like the numbers, you know, and like having a, I don't want to say I'm like relying on the media, but it's like, what else? So I have, so today, right. If you got sick, how are you testing? How am I testing? Yeah. I mean, I'm probably just going to get a at home test. Yeah. Yeah. Just go, just have like something Ubered or, you know, or not Uber, but there's like this yeah, company so, called GoPuff or right. GoPuff, whatever those like. So, delivery in, so in Albuquerque, we would just go to the grocery store and we would whatever. buy one. Right. But my question is, where's the media getting this information? You're supposed to report it if you test positive. Right. I understand. But. I've tested multiple times over the past. Right. And that, no, and that's, I, a, that's I was a really sick. good point. Like how many people are legitimately reporting these cases? Where are they I getting probably had, I probably had COVID two weeks ago. Right. I didn't test. I, I had COVID over winter break. Like where are they getting these numbers on a daily I mean, basis? Like that's true. crazy. Very true. <laughs> like I, to say that, dude, just the other day, New Mexico had a thousand cases. I'm like from who? From wh- who's testing these people? Yeah, my dad had COVID, and I was sick at the same time. He tested positive. I had completely different symptoms, and I did not test. And I don't think he reported. It's but there's like there's also part, a, but there's also like a massive cold going around as well. Right. And there's also and I got like, that I think cold that's, just two weeks ago. I think that's that's the. Thing with masks is, I think it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely worked. It definitely. Um, if you two were wearing a mask right now, it definitely works. You guys would both keep each other safe. Like that's just, yeah. Um, it definitely worked. But but to to what extent? So I think that's where I'm going next. I think yeah. I think we're gonna start to see some really scary stuff. When it comes to, I think all of our immune systems are super weak after the last two years. Because mm, um, really to, to have a strong immune system, you have to um, expose yourself. Yeah. Um, so I have been more, I've been sick more often Dude, in the too. last six months than I have ever in my life. Ever in my life. Yeah, me too. I've um, been sick like four or it's five like, times over the past. Uh, it's like once a month. Seven months, yeah. It's like once a month right now, and, and it's, it's crazy. pissing me off. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with me? Yeah, it's and crazy. And I didn't, I didn't even change my lifestyle that much. Yeah. So I think that's a huge issue. I think we're gonna see a massive um, psychological and social skill gap and issue with our next generation kids in like the four, five, six, seven um, toddler age. 
I think that there's going to be a massive issue in terms of um, not to the extent maybe to some, but like separation anxiety, like you can't go anywhere without a mask because I see kids still wearing masks. I've seen kids cry over not having a mask. Like it has just been drilled into them that they have to have a mask. And it's like, what's going to happen when they're 14 and, you know, like, however you frame a child, four, five, six, three, four, five, six, like that's what their mentality is going to be. Unless like there's a, an event that changes that mentality. But um, yeah, I think that like also social skills in like toddlers and um, those people like, yeah, I mean, just you can go, you can go the social skill route of like they haven't seen lips um, so like reading lips or like communicating, um, like that is tough. Um, people are more comfortable remote communication these days than they are, um, in person face to face, which is like, that is one of like the main health things that you learn in exercise science is like, you have to have social interaction in order to be healthy. Like it's like exercise, nutrition, sleep. Um, and like social, like interaction is like one of the core values to having like a, a healthy psyche. Right. Um, and I just, yeah. And like, I think it's going to trickle down into like the schools. Cause like, let's all be honest. We were during, we were in college when they were in remote learning. How much did you actually learn the last two years that you were in college? I mean, I mean, I don't know if you guys are good remote learners, but I am garbage. I'm oh, a terrible I'm, remote. I'm learner. terrible at it too. And I had to help a, eight-year-old through it seven-year-old yeah. and it was yeah. like what What are we doing here these kids so don't care <laughs> yeah so what is i think there's gonna masks, be a lot of problems masks were, yeah they were good they were good they're a good thing to do right off the bat um i think it was a it was like a hail mary pass in football like yeah you had to do something you had to shut it down you had to do something i completely agreed with it then i completely like you had to do it um I think everything that trickled after the first three or four months when we started to see evolution of science, I think that's where we made a lot of mistakes in terms of um, like keeping everyone locked down, trying to mandate things, canceling yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. So, well, the beautiful thing is that now we live in a world where we don't have to think about COVID every second of every day. Mm-hmm. However, we just spent. 30 minutes talking about COVID. Um, unfortunately, I think people are sick of it. <laughs> so this may be our least listened to podcast. And that's saying a lot because we only get two listeners. Um, yeah. But let's move on from COVID because we've been on it for quite some time. Um, move on to something a little bit more topical. Um, topical just doesn't feel like the right word in what? this instance. It feels too happy-go-lucky, right? We're going um, guns. We're going guns. There's another. There's another shooting today. What? And uh, well, the media said it was a shooting. That's seven people. That I don't seven agree people. With. Yeah, it's seven the people way they portray or portray shootings. Yeah, seven. Seven. The headline. The headline is like seven people injured in downtown Nashville, Tennessee shooting. Then you click on it, and it says like. Um, Police were 
in the area while multiple angles of gunfire were going on. So it was basically like a shootout in terms of like... It's like a turf war or something? My, yeah, my mind goes straight to like gang violence or something like that. Right. Don't know much about Nashville, but um, I think portraying it, I think just saying seven injured in a shooting right after what happened in Texas yeah. is like not not the same thing. Not, well, not the very, same It's very... Um, you know, it's just wave riding. Yeah. Like they're trying to be on the same, like, like all these media places are trying to get their clicks, which sucks. They got my click. But <clears throat> that's very different. Um, <coughs> and I think that, you know, me and Peter have very similar thoughts on the gun control, how all of this portrays, mm -hmm. like how all of this moves forward um we I, we've never talked about gun control gun right. laws um i'm interested Ooh, drum roll i'm interested in what your opinions are on gun control and on um kind of what you see as a way of helping right how do how does how does america change from its current path mm -hmm. um what are your like with with your extreme amount of knowledge in gun control law, you know, as someone who really does a lot of research in this area? You're an expert. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think, you know, in my opinion, I I mean, I've never owned a gun. Yeah. So it is hard for me to have a complete like hard stance on this. Because I, I just don't, again, I don't have, I've never owned a gun. I've never really been around guns that much. So I would say like right now, um, and I think majority of the time, um, you know, as these shootings happen, I think there should be some type of like, there should be some type of either like people have been talking about it, like kind of like just a longer time to be able to get a gun. Okay. So you're I just, think, you're in the camp of, we just need to make it a little bit, there's got to be more well, friction. I think there needs to be a starting point. Like, I don't think that, and like, I don't think a starting point for like gun control where it's like, you know, impossible to get a gun because I think there are two sides to this that are, that I agree with certain parts of both. Um, but I do think that with a lot of the population, I don't think it's right that this Salvador, I think his name is Salvador Ramos or whatever. It his doesn't name matter is. what his name is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But, piece of shit. Um, that, and the other guy, I don't know what his name is, but that they get, he could just get a gun like so quickly at such a young age without even just a small waiting period of like, well, we need you to go through, I don't know what would help to be honest. Right. Like a, tr like, um, an, I mean, like a, you go in and you proved, I don't know. It's just like some type of waiting period. That's what I've, I've heard. And I, I, I agree with that. I think that should be yeah. something that is put in place. Cause I don't, and I'm sure you guys probably agree to a point. Like, 
I don't think that, and I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think, I don't think people getting a gun right out of the shop just like that is right. I don't think that at a young age like that. Yeah. I mean, people, uh, kids don't, I agree. 18 is not, in my opinion, someone, especially guys, like we don't, we're not going to have like a, and again, like look at who's doing these shootings. It's not, it's not women. It's young men. Like we're not developed totally. Like, I don't think we should be able to get a gun and just be like, here's, here's a weapon. It's so much responsibility with that. It's not like going and getting a car. No. It's not like going well, and getting Yeah. A car is dangerous. Yes, you could kill people, but a gun you can kill so many more people at once. Like, you know, it's just such a I, different, I mean, I really it you know? depends. True. For sure. Yeah, you can in like if you with f- a car. Yeah. There there've been people who have done it. Like they they drive through crowds that True. Yes. That that is a very good point. But that, that I agree with point. you. I mean, guns their their sole goal like their sole purpose is like you you can use them for defense right hunting mm-hmm. target practice you know as a hobby or whatever right um but you know guns were created to kill the enemy it yeah. was a way to protect i mean really i'm pretty sure guns were created um in the era of the Comanches because the Comanches were so ruthless with their arrows and with their, their horseback riding abilities that it was like impossible to defend yourself against them. If they tried to, if they came and attacked you and that's when the revolver was created. I don't know the history. Um, at least the revolver, that sort of gun. Um, and it was created by a, in Texas by, uh, like a sheriff and it totally changed the game but it was for killing enemies so i agree with you there it's super dangerous i feel that i love things i'm a very like i love tangible goods and i don't like waiting right so i feel the urge to be like oh, i want to go buy my gun and i want to go get it and i want to get it now and i want to take it home with me i'm not against a waiting period for sure. But but in a lot of these situations, I don't think that waiting period is going to change too much. There are a few people where it'll change a lot, right? Yeah. They'll have to think about it, and it'll change everything. That's why I'm saying it's a starting point. Right. I don't think it's like... No, yeah. You know, it's it's something. It's, it's like similar to the mask. It's similar to a vaccine. It's like we need to... The point is with this whole thing is we need to do something. Like this can't... This isn't like... Well, I want to go away. So I like, want to you know? share some interesting stats that I found. Okay. Um, that I like, I found them super interesting, had no idea about these. Didn't even think about it really in terms of the context of the world. Um, but out of 97 countries with data, the U S is 64th in frequency of mass shootings and 65th in murder rate. And the rates of mass shootings elsewhere are rising faster, right? Um, to continue on that, four times as many per capita died in mass shootings in France as in the U.S. and 21 times in Norway. 21 times as many per capita died in Norway than in the U.S. And 
this guy, Andrew Follett on, on Twitter. He goes on to say, um, although events in the U.S. tend to get the lion's share of media exposure, mass shootings are clearly a worldwide issue. The U.S. makes up about 1.15% of the world's mass shootings while having almost 5% of the world's population. It's it's just something that I don't no, it's, think... it's interesting, yeah. Right. I mean, we're pretty... We're not low on mass shootings. We're mm. almost in the middle, right? But... Is a mass shooting? I wonder what that's defined as. Like, it's is it, three or more. We talked about this last time on the podcast. Okay. Um, but it's when you obviously it's more it's terrible when you live in the country where these mass shootings are happening. Mm. But we have such so much access to media that is click bound. Like it's it's all about getting. I'm not saying that these mass shootings or should be happening whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But I think it's portrayed in a way that we're like so far off the deep end in these mass shootings that we're, we're fucked. Right. That we're like U S is so far gone that there's almost no way of helping it. I think that there's so many steps that we could take to making these better, but it's, it's, it's interesting to put it in perspective of the world of where we are. Right. Like, I never expected us to be the least dangerous country, right? Yeah. But no, I mean these. This data is really interesting. I mean, and like, and and the the where it really hits home is this is happening in schools. Like me and pa- Peter talked on the podcast last week. This should never ever happen in a school. And there's there's I mean Peter came up with a good idea. Because um, I'm the man. <laughs> that is, it's pretty, like, if you really want, if if your goal is to protect schools, it's pretty obvious what you need to do, and that's fortify schools. Because no one, no one gets outraged over a shooting in Nashville, downtown Nashville. Like, no one gets outraged over, like, I barely heard about the Buffalo grocery store shooting. Me barely. too. I barely heard it, too. Really? Yeah. Like, but as soon as a like as soon as a school gets shot up, it's like goes straight to gun laws, gun laws, gun laws, gun laws, gun laws. It's like I mean, it, no it goes to hysteria because children are dying as it should. Well, as yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not for sure, yeah. and I'm, uh, I know you're not trying to portray it that way. I was just cl- just yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's just the same cycle every single time of like a mass shooting happens. What can we do about it? And then nothing's done about it. Yeah, and I'm just kind of yeah because yeah yeah I mean I mean I I do I do agree that like we need to make it harder to get a gun, um, but if the main goal is to protect, like since the conversation always starts after a mass shooting in school, like I think it is easier to make laws or to fortify schools rather than completely change like the second amendment. Yeah. Something not completely that, change it obviously, but uh, amend the second amendment in terms of make it harder. It's just going to be easier to fortify schools in counties and cities rather than f- make it harder to get guns nationwide. Like you're just going to have more agreeing people in cities 
to fortify schools in your city than you would to do it in the nation. Yeah, and I, I mean, but, I think like any, again, this is not, I would love to do more research on like, you know, what could be solutions on both sides of the, you know, and, um, of this stance or, you know, what could happen? Like what people who really believe in having the right to get a gun right away, you know, and like, and then also the people who are like totally like, let's get rid of guns, you know, like, um, or, you know, just like the two sides, it feels like that's how it is right now with everything. Like everything's, yeah, it everything's like it, divided. I was listening to something, um, the other day that talks about high level politics versus low level politics. High level politics is really, you're very interested and I, I'm probably going to butcher this, <laughs> but, um, it's, you're very it's interested in the debate, right? You want to talk about issues. You want to get the whole thing out there and there's going to be some agreements in some areas and disagreements in other areas, right? So, with high-level politics, you have your overarching ideas, you have your views. Some of those views are in parallel with your opposition, mm -hmm. right? Low-level politics is very pandering. It is, I'm on this side of the table, you're on that side of the table. There is a line here, we don't agree on anything, right? Mm -hmm. I think that as people have talked about we we fall into this trap of thinking that everybody is on the opposite side if they're on the other political spectrum of yeah. every issue which is just not true there's so there's more that we agree with than that we disagree with in most cases yeah and i think going off of that i i don't agree with saying it's i think we were also making this a democratic republic republican view issue. too much like it's yeah. like up, oh, that's that's a Republican view. Up, oh, that's a Democratic view. Up, oh, that's a conservative view. That's a liberal view. I think, and again, easier said than done to change the way we well, it's speak just, about issues. But I think in the media, and then it trickles down to people in general talking in conversations. Like the problem is uh, the this, problem is this is us versus them. Yeah, and that, it's nailed. Well, it's hard for us to change that narrative, right? But if we had someone who had political power, right, like a Biden or then our next <laughs> president or people that are leading states or governors, Senate people that came out and said, I don't know everything and took some fucking ownership. Right. And they wouldn't get elected. Right. But if we had those, if, if we got that started. I think that you would you could start to see the shift much quicker. I mean, it's it's difficult. I, I and I, I could be totally off base because obviously what's working right now really works to get you elected. Well, yeah, this is which sucks. I know the system makes it, but I think it's pulling back from that. Like everyone's seeing. I didn't want Biden to get elected. I, you know, I thought Trump had. Really terrible sides of him. Like he I fucked they, up a lot of shit. Both were absolutely garbage. But it's ridiculous that we have two people going into their 80s that are 
running our country, that want to run our country. Well, like we, we, we need some new fucking life in you, the political spectrum. This is something I wanted to bring up because I heard this, you know, I mean, it's, it's been fl- floating around. I've like, I don't know. I yeah, heard, I'll run for president. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, like just like making it mandatory <coughs> to vote. Because I don't think, and giving more emphasis on, I don't think that who helps anything. For. I don't think that helps anything because if if you look at, because what, what if you if you look would it give over more, the last like, two elections ground opinions rather than because I feel like the extreme sides vote. The last two elections, we've had more people come out to uh, vote than ever. Right. I also think the voting process is just a bit too much. Oh, it's ridiculous in France. They just had elections. They had the, They knew who was elected the same day. Well, no, not even that. Just like, have you guys ever voted in the primaries? I, I haven't voted for anything except for the president. Exactly. Well, it, like, it should, I think be, it there, should be I as simple a, as getting a, an app on your phone. It can be the vote app, right? We get... You hire you hire a couple of fucking people from Silicon Valley that are the best at data privacy or whatever, whatever you need, encryption, all of that stuff. And you make it an app on your phone. And then you don't make all of the laws and all of that stuff so legally written. But then you vote you vote whoever has the most money regardless. That's not necessarily true. Because I mean, if you if you have a bunch true. of if you're the average person, say you okay. go to work, you come home and watching the news, and you go to bed. Yeah. Okay. Average person. If I hear about Joe Thomas every single night on the news about his three best things, and I agree with him. Yeah. On his three best things because they're on a commercial before the five thirty news every night. Right. Okay. So I see that every single day. Yeah. But then you have. Andy Lewis over here, who has no Great money. Names. Thank you. Um, has no money, but has some great ideas. Super young, uh, not super young, but younger, um, but no money. I won't hear any commercials about him. When I wake up the next morning to vote, I'm voting for Joe Thomas because he's been in my face the whole time. No, I, I like his three main points. I do agree with that. So it's like whoever has the most money to campaign is going to win. So I think one thing that That'd should be an be, interesting stat to look up. Yeah. If they're when well, the last president won who has a, had a le- had a few uh, a less budget. So one of the biggest problems, right? Especially for the presidential elections is that we have these tech companies that have such an act such so much access to so many people that they can literally control the elections. And they do it. Like during Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, if you looked up Hillary Clinton, there were three results and they were all positive. If you looked up Donald Trump, there were 10 results. Five of them were negative. Right? They they are in full control of how many things are shown and what is shown. Like Google can put right there the, you know, the, Autofill, mm-hmm. that's what they're filling in three things. Those are all positive for Hillary. Five of them out of the eight or 10 are negative for Trump. Like 
that is essentially what Peter was talking about, but without the money, right? Same thing for Facebook. Facebook knows that what their demographic is. Their demographic is really left-leaning, right? If they send out a go vote notification to people that reminds them to go vote, that they know that they're bringing 85% of those people are going to be Democrats. So they have a huge control over the voting. I think something that's really simple that should be done <coughs> and used to be done is we should have legitimate debates, not these soundbite debates where you get two minutes to reply each. Like if you're going, each state should have an elected or a, a, a podcaster, right. Or something like that, where they get to sit down with the two candidates and host a three hour debate. And maybe you don't listen to the whole thing, but it's out there. It gives people a much better perspective on what you are, who you are, and what your goals are. And you can do that in every state, no doubt. You could do that for governor for every fucking state. And you could absolutely do it for the president. Like if you got the three, if you got three people, if you got the Green Party, the Republicans, and the Democrats all to debate. Right. But on a long-term podcast where everyone's comfortable, we're just talking, having conversation about the world, but we're disagreeing on different issues. You would get a much better perspective on who the person is that mm-hmm. you're electing for president. And there's no I, reason that we shouldn't be doing that. They the used biggest- to do it. They used to air it on TV and they would be two hours where the people would just be talking about what their goals are for the country and all these different things. And it was, it was, it was not, you didn't have to pay for it. It was just part of the government. Like that's how you got elected. Like, I don't know. uh, There's just so much like going back to the control. There's not that many people involved in the control of all this, like the democratic party, the Republican party, those people get, they elect the person that they want to run. That's a big part of it. Right. Cause I'm sure they find ways to get paid out big for all of it. So when they have so much control over this, they want the little sound bites. They want they want to be able to control the narrative as much as possible. They don't want people who are free thinking and really open to like talking about things out there coming up with ideas and getting elected. I think it'd be beneficial for the country to have uh an 8-year six to eight year term limit for president because right now you have like because the parties are so divided the new president spends the first year to fighting against what the old president just spent the last two years to do yeah and then he spends the third year like actually doing something unless we're in like a war or like pandemic or anything like that and then his whole like second half of his third year and then his whole fourth year is basically recampaign. So it's like, what if we gave presidents eight years? Just straight up. Eight, just straight up. We elected him for eight years. I think a lot more people would care about our, care about their vote because it's like, oh shit, eight years is a long time. That's a decade, basically. Yeah. So I think I think 
people would care a lot more, especially with like the age factor. You're not going to elect 78 year olds. So they're going to be 86. <laughs> and then also like they can actually get shit done. Like you spend the first year or two, if you disagree, working against what the other president did. You only get one, you only get one term of eight years, no rerunning as a president. Okay. So then you spend six years building up what you think is good. Yeah. That's fantastic. Like I just wish that we would have you know, presidents. And then you're not wasting time. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I just wish that we would have some people that were running for president that could win, that had some humility, you know, that were like, but you don't, you don't run for the most powerful job in the world. If you have humility. Yes, possibly for sure. Like most likely. Yeah. I mean, you gotta have some sort of, but I just wish they would be like, okay, this president set these things in place before me. These are pretty good. Like we can we can adjust these a little bit and make them fit really what our narrative is, what we want to do, rather than being like, oh, that was all terrible. Let's tear it all down. Right? Like being able to say, I mean, this we should be able to look back on the history of the United States as a president, if you're running, and you should be able to say, I respect every fucking person that was president before me. I think the narrative around Trump ruined that. I I agree. And like I think, you know, I think, not just the narrative. I think he fucked himself over in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think he ruined it, and I think the narrative with social media around Trump ruined it. Because because he went in the first like sixty days of office, didn't he tear down like ten of Obama's things? Probably like literally yeah. without any cause or anything. Just like nah. We're done with that. I'm but, getting rid of that. Well, when you're looking at some some of the stuff that he does, um, a lot of it looked like it had a real understood purpose behind the decisions that he made. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like today, like with the Russia deal, with everything that's going on in Russia and Ukraine, Germany is so reliant on Russia because they decided to get rid of all their nuclear reactors. So now they're getting all of their energy or 80% of their energy or something crazy from Russia. So they can't go against Russia. Right. And while Trump was president, he said like, there's a, there's a video of him talking to the leaders of uh, Germany saying like he was waving a white flag. He's like, this is going to be you guys. Because you're you're making yourself so reliant on a country that is is not well understood or well you know liked or very you know there's no you don't have confidence in the future of Russia or what they're gonna do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I don't know why you would tie yourself to that like he had an understanding of those things that is I think super overlooked. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, if if Biden could have come in and been like, you know, Trump's stance on Russia, I fully agree with. Right? I disagree in this realm, but I fully agree with his stance on Russia or whatever it is. But on making the connection between the two presidents, being like, I'm here, 
he made a mistake on in these situate in these areas. I agree with him in these areas. Let's work from here. Yeah. Right. Rather than being like, I don't like Trump. Nothing that he did was good. It's just like. But Trump did the same thing with Obama. I agree. I'm not saying that. I just yeah. that was so far in the past that I don't remember any of that. I wasn't into politics. I didn't vote in that election. Yeah, I mean, I think bottom line you're saying is it's this, like, he said, she said thing where yeah. it, it's, like, if I, think, you, if, I think going back to, I think what Peter was saying about, well, that's, you know, that's, like, the system that, you know, you kind of have to have, like, we've kind of talked about it throughout this is, like, you got to have money, you got to have the resources to get yourself to a position to get into these positions of power, you know, and like move yourself up. And I think, I think it's, we should, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not super, I don't have a ton of knowledge on like, you know, you're in the perfect place. (laughs) I mean, like, I'm not afraid to admit. Yeah. Like all of us were kind of just like talking about this stuff, but it's, it's, it'd be interesting to look at like, well, what if we changed the way, you know, people ran like what if we changed um because again it's like i I was looking at the people in california running for you know the new senator because alex padilla is like the and i don't even know i'll be honest i don't even know what committees he's a part of like what he's done to be honest and so i'm trying to research that i'm trying to say give my honest like Okay, would I reelect him or would I elect somebody else, you know? And like I'm looking at some other options and I'm like, you know, how did this person get into this position? Like how how are they even running right now? And then I look at how much money, like I think on Ballotpedia, mm-hmm. which is like this, you know, they have like information. I'm sure there are better places to go, but like it's just a general place to look at like who's running for these positions. And it's like, these people have so much money behind their campaigns who are making it further. And then you look at their websites and it's like, there's, it's just like copying and pasting like what people want right now. And it's like, well, there's no explanation on like, well, how, you know, it's the same thing. How are you going to do that? You know, or like, and there is one candidate that I was looking at. Um, um, he's actually, he's like a more, he's a Republican. He's more conservative on the, like, you know, economic side. You know, he wants to yeah. really <clears throat> look at small business, build small business up. And like, and like, honestly, he had such a better view than so many of these people who are running as Democrats who like had a ton of money behind their campaign. And I was like, and I'll be honest, like I look at, I look at both um, sides running. Like I'm not just like looking just at Democrat or right. Republican, but this guy like had on his website an honest, like, look at like, look, I have kids, right? Look, my parents were from Iran. Look, well, my, you know, this is my stance on immigration this is my um, stance on education, but this is like in a condensed way, like how 
here's here's a hypothetical situation that what if this happened you know i think this could work whereas it's like these other people running are just building off of the emotion and there's sh- there what there really should be there should be a way and this is like right now my thought process there's a problem with this but there should be a way where if you want to run right you don't have to get a backing right you sign up to run like a backing like a campaign yeah, team and right. like, yeah you sign up to run and then you're and put it into this government run or whatever which makes it you know there's problems there too but it's part of the political setup where you have debates that are given out free to everybody. And then they're able to look over those people and make their decision from there. They're not, <clears throat> it's not broadcast. You're not on billboards. You're not on all of the new, like paid advertisements. Right. You know what I mean? You should have to have some qualifications or whatever. And then you get put into a pool and somehow they're picked out rather than having billions or millions of dollars behind you right. making this thing happen. Because like, like we go back to what Peter said, it's all about the money. Yeah. I mean, that's who gets these spots are the people who have these campaigns. Cause and lobbying like saying, is they ridiculous. Have, they should like you, you know. should have a set salary and it should be tied to the growth of your economy and um with some externalities for special of it like crazy mishaps or something like that. Um but you should you should be tied like like a CEO is tied to the valuation of his company. Like if that company never makes it, if that company doesn't make money, that CEO doesn't make money. Right. If the CEO, they set up these CEO packages that if if the value of the company is gets to a certain point and is held there, the CEO is paid and then it continues that way. Right. These jobs should be set up in a way where if you create value for your city, for your state, for your country. You're rewarded as such and big time. Because. Like these should be some of the most important jobs and you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't be able to shut the whole economy down necessarily and continue getting paid. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you do initiate any of this. Right. Which is the problem because <laughs> all of this is just ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Like you'd have to have someone. That this is basically like recreating the whole entire government. Right. The, the, you'd have to have someone that would come in that would be like, we're redoing all of this. As like, you'd have to go in as president and be like, I'm going to redo all of this. Good luck with that. And there's stuff that it's kind of scary to think about. There's stuff we're not going to know as average, just people not within the government. There's so much. Who that- killed JFK? Lee Harvey Oswald. We don't know. We we're not going to John Wilkes know. Booth. 
that the guy who killed Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. Actually, you know what's funny is Lee Harvey Oswald. That's the name that's often associated with Kennedy's assassination. He didn't even kill Kennedy. He killed Kennedy's killer. He killed Kennedy's killer? Yeah. Who's Kennedy's killer? Well, do you think that it was an inside job? Do you think the government set it up? I, and I don't know. It's like that's the thing. It's we. It's hard to know what is true when we're being all I mean, we can it was, see yeah. is like the, you know, what's being surface like, level. Yeah, reported from that time. He like was what, killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. Never mind. Peter's interview. Yeah, I, I don't even know like. I've heard that name. I've heard, I've seen like videos and. Well, there, uh, I, but uh, I didn't. There's know. a lot of weird stuff involved in all of that, and dude, there's papers, on the, the the all on all of that, that the government has that they are not releasing. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of stuff. We're like never why? Gonna why know. wouldn't you release it? It was 50 years ago. Why would that not be released? <clears throat> and then all of this shit about. Dude, have you seen all of the aliens, the un, unidentified UFOs? I've only seen an article headline that's like a bunch, you know, we have a lot more info on. They've been but tracking. But from the Pentagon. The Pentagon is releasing this information <coughs> talking about alien, unidentified flying objects, right? Yeah. No one gives a fuck. But UFOs? Yeah. Dude, don't say that. But they don't. How much research have you done from the Pentagon Papers that have come out talking about? I don't care. All I care about is that aliens are real and they're admitting it. I think that's dope. Right, but why? Like, as someone who would be interested in that, wouldn't you want to look into it and understand what it is? Yeah, I would. I. But but you haven't is what I'm saying, right? Right. Because. They have released a lot of this information, unidentified crap, saying that, yep, there's stuff out there we don't know about, and it's been happening a lot. Right. And we haven't been telling you guys, but now we are. Yeah, and I ha- I think the time I did look into it, it's funny. I'm, I'll admit, I. it's so hard not to follow that, like, media-type lure of, like, when you see something pressing, you know, and like the way it's advertised, it's just, you know, it's just like when, you know, when we click on these articles, it's like they're, they're designed like that, you know? Well, like, so I did research this UFO kind of like the initial, I think it was a couple. It was months ago. Yeah, it was months ago. Remember that first? Yeah, yeah. The first time that yeah. the Pentagon was like, hey, here you go. Wasn't that Here's during some weird COVID? shit, and it felt like it was right in the middle of like everything falling apart. Yeah. Yes, because remember, I think we talked on the phone or something about. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit, and we were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, we were kind of like, well, "Like the world is coming to an end," and then the Pentagon's like, <laughs> "Before you go, <laughs> we'll slide these slide these out to the public now." Yeah, I mean. So, Peter, you think that there are aliens? I know there is aliens. How do you know? Seen one. Oh, yeah? I am an alien. Well, come on. It, like, make the story fun. Um. Okay, so what? 
Are we talking aliens as life on as life? Is that all it means? Or I don't know are what you? Else it would be. Well, because a lot of people think life. aliens, and they think like, oh, it's got to be human-like, and oh no, no, no. well, so in the, in the context that I'm talking about is if you believe in aliens and you see these Pentagon papers and you're like, yeah, of course, there's aliens here. How like? What are the aliens doing? Like, there's absolutely life on other planets. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, so I don't... But in the context of humanoid, like, higher intelligence beings, what what are your thoughts? Mm. I think historically there might have been, but I think they might have killed themselves off. What about you, Dylan? Also, yeah, I'll finish. What? Continue. No, I don't know. Okay, he didn't. I don't. I, I just feel like if they've, if there's actually like an intelligent being out there, they would have contacted us if they were still alive. So, I'll let Dylan. You go. I mean, I think, I think there is based off of, um. Just based off of how much we know about other planets, like the fact that there is other life, like, or there there's water on There's a Mars, possibility, there's... like there's like <coughs> planets. Yeah. In the in the in the in the fact uni- that there's so many whatever universe that are similar to the, our planet. Mm-hmm. That makes you think. Well, not there just can that, be life. but like the galaxy, like just the expanse of the, of the vastness space and what we don't understand. Yeah. I think that really opens up my belief that there are other intelligent beings that I don't know enough about. Right. Obviously other dimensions, how, you know, yes. how that would work, but like territory, but with, you know, it's like, I think, I think there's a lot we still don't understand and that. I don't know if that's a solid base to believe right. that there's other intelligence, but I think that's my reasoning is there's so much one that we don't understand, but also there is water on other planets that we found and there's stuff that we are discovering um, that, yeah, I think there is a possibility. That's what I believe. There is a possibility. Yeah. I definitely I believe that there's that. a possibility as well. Yeah. I also have you guys read a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I haven't. Oh my I've god. I've seen Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy though. Yeah, well that, that's have, also yeah. an awesome movie. The, um but Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a fantastic book and you should get it on Audible. Wow. Get it on Audible. Okay. It is so good. It's only five and a half hours long. It is so it's when was it written? It was, so it's entertaining. Like an older book, isn't yeah, it? I think the eighties I have no idea, but um it is so entertaining and okay. fun to listen to. Um, and really interesting ideas, right? Um, and, you know, I'm not, I don't want to spoil the book, right? But first off, it very well could be that what we're living in right now, actually, it's more likely that what don't we're living in right now don't is a simulation. It. Oh my gosh. All right. I'm going to talk to you guys later. I no, can't do Peter. this anymore. <laughs> Come on. We're in good conversation. Um, Devin and his simulation bullshit. 
It's called simulation theory. Um, but it's more likely that we're in a simulation than we are in the original, right? I mean, that's that's something I've thought about. With Just based on pure numbers, more likely that we're in a simulation than the original. Not saying that we're not in the original. What I'm do just, you mean by the original? Like the original form of life. Okay. It's more likely that we're in a simulation than we are in the original. Because there can be an infinite number of simulations. Well, we're also just not the original form of life. No, well, I'm talking about in the time period, right? Going, like, we started and then we've gone through to where we are today. Evolution. Yes, Peter, evolution. But evolution can be built into simulations, is what I'm trying to say. Right? So the very first, the original life, the original creation, the original being could have started, evolved, and then gotten to a certain point and then created us inside of some organic computer or a regular computer, right? And then set it up to where we start, evolve, and then are to where we are right now. Hmm. Like it's more likely that that is the situation then we were the original that had the whole thing involved. Just based on numbers, because there can be an infinite number of simulations. Right? <clears throat> so if you get into that, super weird, and can talk to all of these ideas of different unidentified things within our world. Right, because this could be a simulation and those could be glitches where they're trying to check on us or whatever, right? Doing res for research purposes. And having those or it could like it could even be a, a teenage kid, right? A teenage being that is rebellious and is trying to mess with people or mess with things. And is like, I'm going to go pop over and freak out some people. Right? Like, that could be a very real possibility. And it could. And then on another thing that could be possible is that we are a, we are a three-dimensional being living in a four-dimensional, like, three-dimensional world, <laughs> but with time, which would be the fourth dimension. And there are... Not if we're in the multiverse. <clears throat> Okay, there can be so many other dimensions built into us, right? So we can't really see the, we can't see one dimension. We can kind of see two dimensions. We understand the ideas of two dimensions, right? But it, you can't really see two dimensions because there's no dimension to it. So we can't physically see it. We can't physically interact with it, Right? We're in the third dimension. There could be something in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. There could be things in all of those dimensions that are interacting within the same space as us without us even knowing because we can't see up a dimension or down a dimension. <coughs> so how would we ever know if something was in the fifth dimension, a, a being in the fifth dimension, 
without and just in our space. Like they could be in there in here right now and we would never know. I'm just curious how have you cuz um have you learned anything about like how does it work to or you know with these dimensions like um have there been any like ideas of like how we could see or like you know I what I don't know. How um I just don't I don't think that there's any like dimensions are a theory. Right. Right. Um, our dimension is a proven theory because we have height, width, depth, whatever. Right. Right. So there's three dimensions. If you throw time in there, there's a fourth dimension that you could technically, you could argue that we're living in. We're living in four dimensional world because we have time. But if you get into the fifth dimension, you're, you're saying that there's another dimension part of this universe that we have no idea about. And I'm not sure I, I know ha- and that's I haven't that's looked like- into it, but I'm not sure that there are any solid theories that are agreed upon about what that fifth, sixth, seventh dimension would look like. Yeah, and this is we're we're all just gonna have to watch Interstellar just Dude, Arrival. Oh, my God, Arrival. What a movie. Have Have you you seen seen Arrival, Peter? Peter? No. Oh, man. We got to watch that. Have you watched uh, Stranger Things? Uh, Katie and I just watched the first three episodes today. Of the fourth season? Yeah, the new season, yeah. Holy shit, is it dark. I'm not sure. I mean, Peter hasn't seen it. It's very dark. It is so dark. Yeah, I mean the oh, first I opening really scene. I know the opening the, scene is so dark. Is very and just unfortunate. Let's just say unfortunate. In no, in terms of timing. Like, oh man, at any time that's gonna make you feel something. I didn't even. Think yeah, of it. but like I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have thought of it if they didn't put that disclaimer. Wouldn't have thought of it. Probably not. I, I don't. We don't want to give it up to Peter. Yeah, but, or yeah. to Dylan. Good Christ, dude. Um, but yes, what a, I mean, a ridiculously good show and so dark. Um, either one of you have any topics that you want to talk about for a minute? How important sleep is. Sorry, don't worry. You can say Peter wants to run away. <laughs> Look at him with his hood up. He's ready to go. I, I just mean, haven't slept much. Um. I think we're do- we're cooking with gas though, right now. I'm I mean, having I, fun. We might invite Peter. Uh, calling everyone. I'm Peter. about to give up, dude. <laughs> we might invite Dylan on to the Wednesday podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna be here. Yeah, I'll be here Wednesday. It's up to you guys. You guys. We could have a. Your, I'm down to your, have a guest again. Your platform. I got no qualms. Peter's got no qualms. We're having, we're I just, I mean, really, at this point, this podcast is just, just a reason for me and Peter to talk. As and I'm was, about to quit it. I'm about to quit. The whole podcast? Yeah, I'm not looking to talk to you anymore, I don't think. <laughs> Peter, no, but you love me. That's right. 
Nah, I'm joking. Peter might be getting a little bit sick of me. My immune system's broken down, dude. I told you. I know. I'm sorry. What were you going to say, Dylan? In sports news, Boston Celtics just beat the Miami Heat in Game oh. 7. Okay, well, I don't... I Quite I'm frankly, so, I have zero opinions on that. <laughs> I'm so out of... But, That's fair. Uh, I, I, just wanted, I just wanted to bring my segment. I just wanted to bring my segment. I'll, I got I'll it in. You. I'll help Continue. you. I'll help you. Champions Continue. League final. Didn't watch it. Didn't watch it either. I didn't. I only watched um, like basically highlights. You watched the highlights. So, uh, I mean, I didn't really care about those. Real Madrid won, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm not a fan of Real Madrid. So I'm not a fan of either one of those teams. I don't like Liverpool. And I don't like. I'm glad they lost. I'm glad Liverpool lost. You're glad Liverpool lost? Yeah, because that's dope that they were trying to go for the title and Champions League, (laughs) and they lost lost both of them. In the same week. Yeah, it's great. But I I really, I really like Klopp. I mean, I don't know how many people can. Jorgen? Jorgen Klopp. I think, I think he's such a, he's like such a freaking passionate coach. But I think the biggest thing is he, he brings the best out of players. It's hard to see coaches now, not just buying a bunch of players um, and already have the talent and build off of that. He like, Seems to I feel like it's similar to Bill Belichick with Patriots. What What are your thoughts on? Because um, Bill, I feel I don't know, Peter. Do you know? I don't know. I feel like Bill Belichick was really good at that, like bringing out the best in like these players that you're like, who the hell's that? I think I think you know? um, it's culture. I think their culture is outstanding for both Bill Belichick and Klopp. I think they're great at just developing and maintaining and yeah. establishing a culture. Um, That's a good point. And so I think that that is what we see as bringing up the best. Okay. But behind the scenes, I think it's a good culture. What do you think? What What are your thoughts on um, Pep Guardiola? I mean, I'm a huge fan of because he's genius. one of those guys that has ridiculous access to capital. Right. I mean, he can buy. I mean, he's buying. Uh, what's Erling his name? Holland. Yeah, Holland, and he. But if you if you look at him. Like the way he coaches, the passion in his coaching, the 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 deep deep understanding mm-hmm. of soccer, and the like when you listen to some of the people that have played under him, the amount of belief that they have in him, mm-hmm. like that's where you get into a position. Like he's got the money and the passion, right? Which is crazy. And that's why Man City's been so successful. Like, obviously, they've lost a lot of things, but they're always up there. Right. And just, like, I remember watching... Have you watched uh, Take the Ball, Pass the Ball? Oh, that's... It's a documentary about... uh, Um, It's about Barcelona. Barca, yeah. Yeah, I've heard... I've seen it on Netflix, but I haven't... One of the players... I I mean, it's not the greatest documentary, but... One of the players in that documentary says, if if um, Pep told me to go jump off of the top of the stadium, I would do it because there would be a bigger reason for it. Damn. And like the belief, you know, in what his ideas are and how he portrays that to all of these players. You don't have very many players that are like upset 
playing under Pep, Pep, Pep Guardiola. Right, because they they he tends to draw the um, or the people who play with him consistently play yeah. for him, even if they're on the team, they may not get the time. But I feel like they have the same mentality of they have a passion for finding a way to win more than in like finding a way to like get so good at this game, you know? And like, I think um, like for instance, De Bruyne, like I think he has this like this mentality where Pep Guardiola has like literally come in and taken these players like him and given them like, they probably even him, even though he's like so, so talented and so accomplished. It's like he probably still, like you're saying, has that like utmost respect for Pep Guardiola because he's probably like, I mean, this guy understands <coughs> so well. Yeah. And, um, but I think yeah, it's like him at Barcelona too. I think he had such a good group of players, but um, again, he. It's just so tactically like smart that I don't think the players question it because they've seen time and time right. again that it it's his, successful. His you know the way he coaches works, you know, and it's it's unique. Yeah. Uh, I think Klopp on the other hand is very like I don't know if he has like strong I mean, but that's that's the total argument I feel like I've heard a lot of people say is like Pep Guardiola versus Klopp, it's like Pep has this tactical like genius, and then Klopp is like, like you're saying, like he has like the the culture and the the passion in that way, where he brings out like this drive for the city, drive for the right, the fans for the. He's a great coach. Yeah, and then Pep is like an exceptional coach. Yeah, I think I think Pep. I, has, I wonder. Pep has it. I think like I think coach and manager is not interchangeable. That's fair. I guess I, think, I, don't Klopp's, I think Klopp's a better manager than Pep, and Pep's a better coach than Klopp. Because I think oh, what you're saying too is like that tactical side too. Coaching, yeah. I think, comes with a little more of like, well, what are the actual? It's almost like chess. What are the moves that we're doing here? Whereas right. yeah. managing is like, you know, how are we unifying and like man, like literally managing a group of people, like a. Is that how you would define managing in the soccer sense, Peter? Yeah, I would do like managing is more culture, um, managing in-game scenarios, adjustments, substitutions. I haven't always agreed with Pep substituting. Really? Except in the last game of the Premier League season. What a genius. Oh, my God, dude. Um, That was amazing. I watched that. To have them <laughs> down two to zero, and then yeah. come back and win oh, three to man. two. Yeah. I mean, what what a fucking way to win the prem. Yeah. yeah, and like the passion that you saw in those people when they fucking were coming back, dude. dude. It was like like when they when they scored. That's when I saw some leadership from Kevin De Bruyne. That I, you know, he's a, he's a captain most games, yeah. but you don't see it. You don't see that side especially as a viewer very often. Like, if you're on yeah, a team, yeah. I'm sure you feel it yeah. a lot. But, like, in that game, they got scored on the second goal, and Kevin's, like, fucking getting into guys. Like, let's fucking go. Like, come on. We can pick it up. 
and then to come back and win three to two and win. Did you see um, what's that guy's name? The one that's stupid fast, the outside back. Um, Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker. Oh, yeah. He sprinted from the bench all the way down to where they were celebrating, like, and jumped, like, was getting all the fans, like, dude, just all of their, like, every player was just, like, fucking, like, wanted to jump out of their own skin because they were celebrating so aggressively. Yeah, and I think that I think most teams would. I'm sure, but in a game like that, when you're down two yeah. zero, yeah. and you come back to win, that's got to be like, that's got to be the best feeling in the fucking world, right? Yeah. Because, like, that's you couldn't want any more out of like proving your season in the prem, right? Because no matter what your season has, it's going to have ups and downs. Mm. Like, no matter who you are. No matter what team you are, you're going to have downs. And to be in the last game, the game where you can win it and have such a down and then be like, fuck it, we're going to make it a win and do that, dude. That's like, I can't imagine that there's a better way to <coughs> win the prep. I know that that's that's one of the big history points in the Premier League for sure. Like that. It's like, what the f- like that was amazing so fun like that makes that's what makes soccer so fucking amazing that's part of it right yeah that's why we love sports is the it's it's so unpredictable which gives you that like is there is there a sport that has the unpredictability factor of soccer like a big name sport cricket Okay, big name, not in India. <laughs> well, cricket's curling. Okay, big name. <laughs> it's an Olympic sport. But like football, right? Basketball. I feel like you go into most games, you know who's going to win. And that's true for soccer as well, but you get these fucking wild upsets does that happen in football and basketball as much because i don't watch it it's it depends i think it's like that's or, that's hard to say or is it that's is really is say. soccer just the greatest sport in the world because of the culture that it's been built around in europe and south america and those other countries where there's such a overwhelming passion that it's so pervasive around the world. And that's what makes it like the the greatest game. I think there are multiple factors. I think the fact that it takes a ball, like it just takes a ball to unite a group of people. Whereas, yeah, football, it, it could with football, but I think. But football, I feel like is. You have to know there. there it's are almost rules. more complicated, but also simpler, right? Because football, like, you have one guy who's distributing the ball to a couple of guys that are just running routes, and then you do that again, and you do that again. Which, I guess, is similar to soccer. I mean, yeah, <laughs> when it's you just think like about getting, it. The, getting the ball to a certain point. But it's just constantly, like, it's just so fluid. And it's it's difficult to score. It's not like basketball where you see 
80 to 100 points in a game on each side. And it's like you're waiting for one or two goals, hopefully. Golf is that unpredictable. That's true. Do you guys know that I read in, uh, I think it was like this article about kind of how football started. And it was actually, um, I think it was it was a game that, um, this is going to have to, actually no fact check on the, on this <laughs> podcast, but like I think well, it we was don't Native do Americans that, originally we're playing like the game yeah. at the core and then Ivy League schools took um that game basically and kind of enhanced it um and I th- I I'm pretty sure though that it was like invented through the Native American community which yeah. is interesting I to think, think it, about you know I think it I'm pretty sure football football was created as a proxy to war Right, because like war is deadly. There's lots of casualties. If you can fight your opponent without having all those casualties, right, and come out having a victor, I think that that would be a more ideal way of battling. But from I, I heard something similar to that, but saying that it was a proxy to war is what created it. <clears throat> We should look this up. Yeah. I just want to see what um I think that where I got this. I think that we've made our due with today's episode. <laughs> yeah. Do you agree, Peter? Yeah. <laughs> Peter's ready to go. Um, thank you guys for listening to episode seventeen. We're we're making our way up there. Soon we're gonna be at fifty and mm-hmm. we're gonna have, our way down, down. We're gonna have no one listening still. But that's okay, because we're having fun talking. Um, have a great day, evening, night. I'm going Subscribe, to bed. Get like, some sleep. Get some sleep. And, uh, you know, follow us on the social channels if you if you so like. MySpace, um, baby, MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> um, follow Peter's uh, Peter Byrne performance, right? Mm, yeah, follow Follow that. his Peter Byrne performance page. Post a, uh, Dylan, post do you have great- any? Great thing on injuries last Friday. Yes, Super and bone density, which is very interesting. Well, Friday's was very informative. Yeah. Um, Dylan, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? I mean, I just have my main social, my main Instagram channel, which is Dylan.chant. But I, I just post um, projects I'm working on. Dylan's very into film, photography, um, videography, documentary. So he, he posts that sort of stuff on there. Um, so. relatively infrequently, but that's okay. You know, I I choose to. So maybe maybe on the I next episode, important. Maybe on the next episode, we'll get a little bit more into some of that film, right? Um, but thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Bye.